Praise God. I want to start off by asking you a question this morning. And the question is this, should you as a driver know when a self-driving vehicle is around you? It's an article by Peter J. Armstrong. He's the president and CEO of our local chapter here of the AAA. And this is from their, I think it's, I forget if it's monthly or quarterly magazine, but anyway, I, I get it at the house. And so I was reading it the other morning and it begins like this. So you're driving down Route 422 and you glance over at a tractor trailer in the next lane as you pass by. You look again to confirm what you thought you saw. It's true. There's no one sitting in the driver's seat. What is your reaction? The idea of self-driving vehicles is moving from the someday far into the future stage to being more of a reality. And the question again is, is innovation outpacing public acceptance? Concerning self-driving vehicles, you have to ask yourself, is it really possible for a vehicle to drive itself? You might say, well, yes, because you know, it's already invented. They're already experimenting with it. Did you know that the Commonwealth, uh, uh, Carnegie Mellon, and also the University of Pennsylvania in their robotics research program are, are, are forerunners in this whole technology and that the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is, uh, is tops in this research? That's why you're going to see it more and more, in the, especially they said in the Pittsburgh area and see it in, in around here. But... It's becoming a reality. And so I want to ask the question, is, is innovation outpacing public acceptance when it comes to self-driving vehicles? And can a vehicle really drive itself? And then a follow-up question to that, is it really possible for you to control yourself? We're talking about fruit of the Spirit. We've been talking about it for the last several weeks, and today we're going to wrap up this series called Peeled, What's Under Your Skin? And we're going to be talking about the fruit of self-control. Is it really possible to control yourself? Is it really possible for a vehicle to drive itself? I would say, no, it's not possible for a vehicle to drive itself. And no, it's not possible for you to control yourself by yourself. Cars don't drive themselves by themselves. You take the brain, you take all the technology out of that car, and it's not going anywhere. But with the technology and all the artificial intelligence and technology and robotics, all these things being put together, they're coming to a place where vehicles are, are self, we, we're now experiencing self-driving vehicles. And isn't it amazing how we can have self-driving vehicles and we're still working after all these years of, uh, of the Holy Spirit being poured out in the day of Pentecost. We're still working on controlling ourselves, operating in, in, in the fruit of the Spirit called self-control, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. So we're talking about self-control today. Can you really control yourself? Well, in essence, you can't, but by the Holy Spirit, you can like uh, uh, the book of James talks about that no one can tame the tongue, implying that no one can control the tongue. But in reality, it's not saying that no one can control. It's not that we can't control what we are saying. It's that in and of ourselves, we can't do it. But by the power and the grace of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. And so if we can have cars driving down the road by themselves, certainly we can learn to uh, to control ourselves, and is the public 
you know, is, is innovation outpacing public acceptance? Well, is the church outpacing the world's acceptance of us being self-controlled and us operating in the fruit of the Spirit? Are they like still sitting back and looking over at us and thinking, when are they ever going to get it together? You know, so, uh, but we can get it together. And by the grace of God, we have it together. And, and, and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we are producing the fruit of the Spirit. If you have your Bibles with you or whatever device you may want to read along with, it'll be up on the screen as well. But we're gonna, I'm going to be reading from Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. And it talks about living by the Spirit's power. And Paul, the Apostle Paul here is contrasting living by the Spirit's power versus being controlled by your flesh, allowing all your fleshly desires to control you or to govern your life, and, and contrasting the two. In verse 16, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. That sounds pretty depressing. So we're supposed to do something, yet he's telling us we can't do it. We can't do it because they're always warring against each other. The spirit's warring against the flesh. The flesh is warring against the spirit. And then he makes this statement that these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But don't stop reading there. There is hope. The very next verse begins. But when you are directed by the spirit, and we say spirit directed. So when you are directed by the spirit, you're not under obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires, verse 19 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And he gives three categories, uh, sexual immorality. Uh, in verse 19, they're very clear. Sexual immorality, impure, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and any other thing that you could think of that's not listed here. And other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I had before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, again, switching back to, there is a hope for the born again child of God, but the Holy Spirit produces. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, well, it's really the love that's deposited into our hearts and the manifestation of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against these, it says there is, no, there is no law against these things. So self-control really defined as control or constraint over our passions and desires. It means to maintain a life of moderation and discipline. That means you can go through life successfully, just like uh, self-driving cars can navigate the highways successfully. We can navigate the path that God has, on, has us on and reach our goals successfully as we maintain the life of, of, of moderation and discipline. 
The Apostle Paul made this statement in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27. He's using the analogy of an athlete. He says, I, I discipline, he said, I discipline my body like an athlete. Now, the Olympic, the Summer Olympics are on right now. I don't know if you're observing them or not, but even just a casual observance, you recognize and realize that any athlete that's competing at the Olympics certainly has disciplined their bodies and trained themselves and disciplined themselves uh, to make it to the level of being an Olympic athlete. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, I discipline my body. And the idea here is, is that we also are called upon to discipline our body. Your body, your flesh left to itself just won't do all that well. How many people have found that out? Huh? You found that out. Just left to yourself. Most things must be a whole lot more spiritual than I am. Your, your flesh left to itself, your body, your cravings without any governing principles, you will not do very well. You just won't. But you're not, you're, we have not been left here by ourselves. We have not been left here without any hope. We have been given the spirit of the living God. We have been given the Holy Spirit of God to, to dwell within us, to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us, to show us things that are to come, to remind us of things that we be, need to be reminded of, to empower us to be the witnesses that we are to be, and so that we, we can also bring discipline bring uh, moderation and discipline into our lives that we can restrain our passions and our desires and bring them into a, into a, a, a discipline and into a lifestyle that is God-honoring. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it talks about, uh, talks about adding to our faith or, or supplementing our faith. And one of the supplements that we are to add to our faith is, is, is the gift of, the spirit of self-control. It's something that you add to, and it, it's something that you have, you, you want a purpose to be growing in this fruit of self-control. It's within you. The fruit is in you, just like the, the peace, the joy, the patience, the kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is, is in you in seed form, and you can develop this and develop and maintain and, and come to a place, as the Apostle Paul said, I discipline my body. Not just align your body to do anything that it feels like doing or wants to do, because it, like I said, it, it won't fare all that well. So here in verse 17, we have the conflict of the sinful nature of the flesh, uh, contrasting that with, with uh, the leading of the Spirit of God and saying how the, the two are, uh, uh, they are opposite. The Spirit's desires are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And uh, it, it creates a conflict within, between the Spirit of God and the, and the, and the free will of man. But you have that free will, and in the free will, you want to always be making the decision, I'm not going to go with the nature of the flesh. I'm going to be led by the spirit of the living God, recognizing and celebrating that his promises to me are yes and amen. He will always be here for me. He will always provide everything I have need of. I can put my complete and absolute trust in him. So it's defining the conflict in verse 17, but if you back up again to verse 16, it begins by saying, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. 
Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Don't try guiding yourself. You can't just put your car that you brought to church this morning, uh, you can't just uh, put it out on the road and tell it, go do its thing. No, you need a car that's been programmed to be self-driving. If it's not programmed for that, you're not going to do it. But your life, you can program your life to be self-controlled. Self-controlled. Long before we at University of Pennsylvania, long before we at Carnegie Mellon, long before we at any of these universities, thank God for them, but we had the University of Heaven give us the Holy Spirit of God, and he, we are hardwired by the Holy Spirit of God to be self-controlled. We don't need outside forces governing us as far as making choices, making right choices, making, uh, taking care of ourselves and, and being kind and being loving and being peaceful and joyful and faithful and gentle and so forth. We have it. It's, it's within us. We need to allow it to develop and then put our trust in the Holy Spirit. Just like if you were to place me in a self-driving car, I'll admit to you, it would take me some time to uh, get acclimated to that, to not want to grab the wheel or sit behind the wheel in the first place. If there's even a wheel in it, I don't know. But, but nonetheless, it would take me some time to be comfortable with that. But in reality, you've probably experienced it more, more often, more frequently than you think you have if you've done any flying or so forth. You, you've probably been in airplanes where you're not knowing, but the, you know, the computers uh, land at the plane. The pilots are there to oversee everything, but you've know, pretty much been automated for quite some time already. And so that type of uh, intelligence, that, that type of equipment, that, that type of procedures, it's been around for a while. So the idea now it's getting closer to home, becoming more personal, the idea, well, I'm going to get in a car and it's going to, it's going to be self-driving and it's going to take me to where I need to go and it's going to get me there safely and it's going to really just do everything that's supposed to do and I'm going to trust that. Well, in the meantime, how about we develop trust in God? You've been fearfully and wonderfully made in the likeness and in the image of Almighty God. And he has hardwired you to be spirit-controlled, to be spirit-directed. And when you cooperate with him and you completely trust the program and you trust the system, he will be leading you, guiding you, and directing you. So it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 says, but when you are directed by the Spirit... When you are directed by the Spirit, and verse 22, more hoops, is, but the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit produces self-control. Don't be leaving here today thinking, all right, I really need to, I really need to be uh, producing self-control in my life and come up with all types of rigid rules and guidelines and all these things that I'm, 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 I'm not going to do any longer and all these things that I'm going to do and just make up this big list of things. I encourage you rather than make up a list of what you're no longer going to do and a list of what you're going and what you are going to do is make it a goal that I'm going to spend time with my, my creator. I'm going to spend time uh, listening to him. I'm going to be inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit into every situation in my life. Just as the first century disciples were told to remain obediently in the upper room in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father was Jesus promised them that when he ascended to be seated at the Father's right hand, the first priority was 
to hardwire them to be self-controlled by giving them the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. But the disciples had to wait obediently in Jerusalem until they received the Holy Spirit. And when they received the Holy Spirit, then they went out in power and they went out witnessing everywhere. And the Lord Jesus Christ working with them, confirming his word with signs following. So the, the goal here is, is just as they remain, the, the first century disciples remain obediently in Jerusalem, I want to invite you in, in a form of a challenge to remain obediently in the presence of God in your consciousness. Have an awareness. Continually be inviting God into your life. We must abide and live with an awareness of his presence in our lives and, and, and learn to invite him into every situation. Be in constant communion with him, in, in, in conversation with him, and, and be inviting him into, uh, what do you think about this, or what decision should I make here? That's not weakness, that's called wisdom. It's called the wisdom of God to ask the Holy Spirit when you're engaging in conversation, when you're in dialogue, don't, don't just be shooting off at the mouth and not even thinking about what you're saying, but being, just hit the pause button if you need to and say, Holy Spirit, how would you have me respond to this situation? Holy Spirit, what's the wisdom of God concerning this dilemma that I'm facing right now? Holy Spirit, what's... What direction are you pointing in right now? I'm, at a, I'm in an intersection here, and I need some Holy Spirit direction here. How would you advise me right now? That's not, a, that's not a weakness. That's called the wisdom of God, and it's called developing your confidence in the Holy Spirit leading you, guiding you, and directing you. So learn to inquire of him, asking him to be leading the affairs of your life. Invite him into it. Invite him into the, uh, just all the affairs of your life, your, your uh, relationships, your social affairs, your, your vocation, uh, and, and your finances, your health. Just ask him to be leading you, guiding you, and directing you. You know, there, there's all types of self-help books out there concerning diets and exercise programs, and a lot of them have very good information in it, but it's not custom-tailored for you. You can learn from it. You can glean from it. Nothing wrong with that. But the Holy Spirit has a plan for you. There's a diet that works for you. <laughs> I have to be careful who I look at here. So <laughs> I said there's a diet that works for you. I'll just look at everybody, okay? There's a financial plan that works for you. There's wisdom for you concerning your relationships, your spheres of influence. There's wisdom for you in that area. So learn to make it personal. God is madly in love with you, recklessly in love with you. Faithful to you, even when you are not faithful to him. He remains faithful to us, even when we lack in being faithful. And that's how much he loves us. That's how passionate he is toward us. And that's how much he wants to be involved in, 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 in the minute 
details of our lives, and he's interested in his Holy Spirit uh, living within us to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. And not only is it God's will for the Holy Spirit to lead us, guide us, and direct us, but it's the Holy Spirit's assignment from heaven. Just as Jesus came from heaven on an assignment to go to the cross and to redeem mankind back to God by forgiving us of our sin through the shedding of his blood at Calvary's cross, our sins have been forgiven. That was Jesus' assignment, to be buried and then the third day with God again raised him from the dead. That's the assignment that he was on from heaven. He came here to represent God to humanity and to redeem humanity back into its rightful position, just as we were in the, in the garden, into our original position in a place of authority to rule and to reign and to have dominion over all the earth. Well, to rule and to reign and have dominion, we need to have over all the earth, we need to have dominion, we need to learn to rule and to reign over our personal lives over our personal affairs. And the Holy Spirit is here to do that, and it's known as the fruit of self-control. I can't be controlling universes as I'm not even controlling my own life. So the Holy Spirit is here to empower you. It's his, it's his assignment from heaven. And we do well to embrace him and to welcome him rather than to be resisting him in the flesh. Don't be resisting the nudges of the Holy Spirit when he's showing you things to come, when he's reminding you of things that you need to be reminded of, when he's empowering you to be a witness. Practice his presence. Welcome his presence. And, and, and to be practicing is to invite him into it, just to stop and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your presence in my life today. I thank you, Lord God, for, for your wisdom. I thank you today, Father God, that your word declares that you have been made wisdom unto me, that I have the mind of Christ and all his promises are yes and amen. So you have the mind of Christ. Practice that. Thank God for it. That's self-control. Don't be speaking negative over yourself. Say, oh, I'm just such an idiot. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm such a weakling or I'm so insecure or I'm so, you know, stop the negative self-talk and, and, and uh, embrace what the Holy Spirit is whispering into your ear and what he is communicating to you. And you do that by practicing his presence. Abide with him until you have a peace. Abide with him until you have a knowing. Abide with him until you sense I have his presence and, 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 and to welcome his presence that he's with you. He's leading you. He's guiding you and he's directing you. And you, as you practice this, you will, you will, you will experience his promises and you will begin to enjoy his abundant provision. And you will begin to rest in his amazing protection over your life. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of self-control.
Yes, you really can be in control in the name of Jesus through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can make the right choice. You can be at the right place at the right time. You can always say the right thing. You can always do the right thing. You can always steward your money accurately. You can always do it in a a way that is honoring God. You're you're dieting and you're exercising and your comings in and your goings out, you're going to be experiencing the favor and the grace of Almighty God. And because he has a terrific plan for you, he loves you and he has a terrific plan for you. And you are coming to a place where you are allowing the Holy Spirit of God to, uh, to have complete control and you are coming to a place just as the innovation is, uh, has a tendency to outpace public acceptance, the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you, the idea of that is no longer outpacing your acceptance of that. You're open to it. You're receptive to it. You're receptive to him, the Holy Spirit of God, leading you, guiding you, and directing you. Verse 22, Galatians 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. They can't fail because the love of God never, ever fails. So you can know by the grace of God by the authority of Scripture and by the promises of God, He's promised you His Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, and direct you. Your life, I'm not sure where you're at in your walk with God, as far as, you know, many of we, we come into a place of, of accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and, and uh, we're excited about that. And, and, and as time goes on, we can have a tendency you might wane from that, and things might become lukewarm, and you know, not much is happening, not, doesn't feel like much has changed, and life is still the same as it used to be, and I'm just not seeing any progress in, my, in, in, in being able to make good choices, being able to have a, a good sense of control in my life, I want to invite you to uh, just really be open to receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus told the disciples, don't go into all the world. Don't, don't be trying to control your lives. Don't be trying to do this thing called being a Christian without receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God, who is our very power source. He's the very brain. He's the very uh, intelligence of, uh, of uh, everything that we need. And he is available to you today by simply opening up your heart and receiving him into your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So if you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's step number one. That was the mission of Jesus. He came to forgive us of our sin. He went to the cross, shed his blood. The Bible tells us that that God so loved us that he sent his only son, Jesus, that whoever believed on him would not perish but have everlasting life. You believe that? And you receive that into your heart by confessing him as your Lord and Savior. You receive the gift of eternal life. Then he also teaches us throughout the word of God. We see, especially in the book of Acts, we see over uh, over again uh, how years after the day of Pentecost that the apostle Paul and others, as they 
um, bumped into different Christians at different pockets of believers at different areas, how they prayed for them to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And they received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And many times it was manifest. One of the manifestations that was, was the speaking in other tongues. Praying in the Spirit is so vital in coming to a place of uh, learning to be self-controlled. And it kind of seems a paradoxical. You think, well, gee, when I'm praying in tongues, I really don't feel like I'm in control. My mind doesn't even know what's going on. But yet when I do that, it enables me to be self-controlled. Yes, because Scripture teaches that we build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you a prayer language, and you pray in the Holy Spirit. And so be open and be receptive to the things that God has for you. And come to a place that, yes, I believe that the promises are yes and amen. And I, 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 you know, I, I see from where my life can fit right into verse 17 where it says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives me a desire that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other. You're tired of the fight? Good. Good. Because when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he is here to direct you and you are no longer under bondage to the law of Moses. So if that's speaking to your heart like it has to mine, I remember being a Christian for some years thinking it has to be more to Christianity than this. It's not all that thrilling. It's not all that fulfilling. It's not all that, I'm not really sensing any, a whole lot of things different than before. And then one day I was introduced to the Holy Spirit and everything changed. Everything changed, and I, that's available to you today. And so if you need to be born again or to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, I want to invite you to stand up, and then we're all going to stand up together. But you stand up, and I'm going to pray with you and for you. You're watching us online this morning. I want to encourage you to open up your heart as well and receive the, Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, but also be open to receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God. Allow him to be leading you, guiding you, and directing you, and invite him into your life to come to this place where, yes, my life is producing, I see in my life, the fruit of the Spirit, and I am experiencing the fruit called self-control in my life. So let's go ahead and stand up, and let's go ahead and pray this together, and you open up your heart, and you receive all that God has for you this morning. Say this with me. Say, thank you, Lord, for Jesus' assignment as he came into this earth to shed his blood, to cleanse me of all my sin. I believe this took place at Calvary's cross, that he shed his blood, that he died, and that he was buried. But I also believe, according to Scripture, that he was raised from the dead to newness of life. I confess him, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and my Savior the forgiver of my sin. Thank you for it, Father. I'm a new person in Jesus' name. And Father, I also thank you this morning for the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. Just as the disciples were instructed to tarry in Jerusalem for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to fill me anew 
with the Holy Spirit of God, empowering me to live a life filled with the fruit of the Spirit, self-control from this day forward. I'm always making right choices. I'm at the right place at the right time. I am empowered in Jesus' name. I have the wisdom of God in Jesus' name. Name above all names. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading, guiding, directing, showing me the right choices from this day on. In Jesus' name, all the people said, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Don't try it alone. Go out with the Holy Spirit of God. Allow him to lead you, guide you, and direct every decision, all the affairs of your life in Jesus' name. That's not weakness. It's meekness and it's wisdom. God bless you. We love you. We'll be back next Sunday morning. We're going to be talking the subject next Sunday morning is uh, raise your voice. There's a time to raise our voice. That's what we're going to talk about next Sunday morning. So have a terrific week. We love you. God bless you. And we'll see you real soon.